welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's July 26, 2023. I'm Rick Morton, and this is the Defender Podcast. Well, folks, we've reached the dog days of summer. We're in the midst of summer heat. We're anticipating school starting back really soon. And we have those, this last gasp of summer that's here upon us. And so maybe you're listening to the Defender podcast today on your way to the beach or at the beach or whatever. But we pray that wherever you are today, that you're going to be blessed by the conversation that we're bringing to you. Um, had a few, I had an opportunity a few weeks ago during the Southern Baptist Convention to sit down uh, with my friend, Dr. Ed Litton. Ed is the pastor of Redemption Church in Mobile, Alabama. Um, Ed is a past president of the Southern Baptist Convention. He is a champion for the gospel. He has led a church to be missional uh, and, uh, and, and in the name of Jesus in, in their community and around the world. Um, Redemption Church is a lifeline partner, and we can testify firsthand to the ways that, uh, that their church is bringing the gospel to bear in the lives of vulnerable children and vulnerable families in the Mobile area and, and around the world. Um, I have great love and respect for Ed, and it was a real honor to be able to sit down with him. And I uh, can't wait to share this interview with you. But before we get there, we want to talk about the fact that school is about to start. And so we want to talk about Bridge Educational Services. With school starting back soon, you may be asking how best to help your child navigate a learning environment with their unique learning needs. Uh, Bridge Educational Services offers screening for your child as well as help with learning plans in an educational environment. Um, in addition, Bridge Tutors offer unique cognitive fitness sessions and tutoring for children. You can see our show notes or visit lifelinechild.org backslash bridge uh, for more information and to contact a Bridge staff member. And so if you today are looking for help in helping your child to be able to excel or, or learning how you can help to advocate for your child um, in the school environment uh, to help get their unique learning needs met, um, reach out to someone as a part of Lifeline's Bridge Educational Services. You can do that by finding us at lifelinechild.org backslash bridge, or you can check us out in the show notes. And so now, without further ado, I want to get to this interview that was recorded back in the middle of June with Dr. Ed Litton as he talks about uh, leading his church, Redemption Church, um, to care for vulnerable children and vulnerable families in their community. All right, folks, welcome again. We are at the Southern Baptist Convention here in our booth at, in the exhibit hall. And so you can hear kind of the, the craziness going on behind us. We're in the we're in the middle of the bazaar here, it feels like. And I'm uh, I'm have an opportunity to sit down with uh, with our friend and pastor, uh, Ed Litton. Ed is the, the pastor of Redemption Church in uh, in the Mobile area and a church that have been friends and partners and uh, have come alongside Lifeline for a, for a long time and in different ways that we've had an opportunity to serve with. Um, Ed, of course, in addition to um, 
to, to being a pastor and, and been making a long time investment in a church there in Mobile is also uh, past president of the Southern Baptist Convention. I was laughing just a minute ago, telling him he looks a whole lot more relaxed today. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and I'm so, the immediate former president. The, the, mo- the key word there is former. Right, right. And, uh, well, um, an immediate is actually immediate, pretty good. Uh, like, you, you feel the right. relief more yeah. than more than most. Right? Yeah, not yeah. Me- no, there are a few medications that can give you immediate relief, <laughs> but not being the president is one of them. And it's addictive. It's uh, it's yeah. definitely good. Well, and and I and I think you know even even part of what we're what we're doing today and, and sitting down talking for a minute. I, I think um, I, I'm interested in your perspective a little bit, having having been the president of the convention recently, and and just being able to see a lot of churches that are engaged in a lot of different kinds of ministry and and ways that people are serving around the country, and 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 so I'm you know I'm. I'm, I'm interested in picking your brain a little bit. It'll be sure. fun. Well, I've, I've been looking forward to this. Lifeline is a tremendous ministry making a difference where it really matters. Well, and we, we appreciate that. Well, bro, thank you so much. And we love you. We love you. We love Thanks. your church. Um, the way that, um, that, that you're invested in the community and based, invested in, um, the ministry of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And, and really seeing the gospel take root in those ways in, in your community is, you know, is so incredibly encouraging. You know what, Rick, I, I pastor a tremendous group of people and people ask me all the time, what's the secret of longevity? I've been there almost 30 years. I said, well, the secret is I have a very patient group of people that put up with a lot of nonsense, but they have a tremendous love for the gospel. And interestingly enough, God began an, an, an international ministry in our church years ago. And then we started church planting across yep. North America, but we came to the conviction that we were neglecting our community. Yeah. And that changed how we started engaging other ministries. Mm-hmm. It's a ministry like Lifeline. We don't control it. Right. We have no interest, but we look for what, where God is moving. And I, I think Blackerby said that look for where God is right. moving and get in on it. Right. And so you have afforded us an opportunity to do that. And we're grateful. We're very well, grateful. and it, and it, and it's a, it's a great, symbiotic relationship because we exist because local churches exist. Right. That's right. And so we're here to to come alongside and and create resources and create opportunities so that the body of Christ can do what we've been called to do in our in our community. And right. and so it's a it's been a beautiful relationship for us and, and something that we've been incredibly blessed by as well. Mm-hmm. Well kind of in the vein of, of what you just said even um I think maybe the first place to start a little bit is um in, in this in this space of, of mercy ministry, in these places where where we as a church are called to 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 go in and make a tangible difference in our community, but to do that carrying the gospel, not losing the gospel, right. not putting the gospel on right, you know, on the back on the back burner. Um, maybe for you as a as a pastor, why why in particular do do you want your church to engage in ministry ministry to vulnerable children, ministry to vulnerable women and, and families in in your community? Well, churches have a natural inclination to think about themselves hmm. because we're all we're made up of human beings, yep. redeemed but self centered by nature, and so it's natural for my people to think when they see the world crumbling around them to think, oh, we've got to hide out at church. Right. When in reality, the reason it's crumbling is we're hiding out at church. <laughs> and, and so let's let's engage our people in yeah. ministry. And I am blown away by the power and the creativity of my people once they start engaging. 
And and so it's we really support the idea in our church. You, the pastor doesn't initiate it. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, we learned about Lifeline through some members of our church. Yeah. And they said, this is an amazing ministry. We support it. We work with it. And uh, and so uh, the fostering parents in our neighbor, in our community, our church community know you. Yeah. And so that's who introduced me. And I said, well, let's set the fire. Let's move this thing forward. And and and, and I think, uh, again, that's why there's not competition between the church and parachurch, non-church organizations. We have to see each other's gifts right. and work together because of the vulnerable. Jesus always addressed the vulnerabilities of people. It was the people that, that the disciples said they tried to shoo away. It's the people the disciples said we don't have time for him, but Jesus always made time for them. And, and so that vulnerability is the key element to that. We're not into social justice movements. We're right. into gospel justice movements. Right. Justice should matter to a believer because it matters to Jesus. That's, um, that is that is the best summation that I think we could have. And, you know, and I think, I think in, a, in a world, particularly Southern Baptist, the, the, you know, we, we share that DNA. And, right. and, and, and I think one of the things that maybe we walked through a, a, a season and a time where we were just scared of the social gospel. Yeah. You know, we were freaked out by the idea that somehow by 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 serving people and, and meeting needs, we were somehow going to lose right. the gospel like maybe other other churches and other denominations. And the Bible have. speaks to that. Proverbs says the fear of man is a snare. Right. And we got ensnared and we still are ensnared yep. to some degree with the fear of liberalism. Right. People label each other today in an ungodly manner. <laughs> and, and so we say, well, that guy's a liberal because he works with children. Right. Or that guy's a liberal because he works in the streets with prostitution. No, no, that's what Jesus right. is doing. Right. And, and so I tell everybody, the best thing you can do is follow Jesus. Right. You know, and I had a pastor one time got up to give a take a vote at a church. He said, now, this is God's will. Now, everybody vote. I lead to my wife. I lead to my wife. And I said, whatever you do, do not vote against God. You know? That's right. And so but, but the reality is uh, my people are best when they're engaged with right. lostness. And one of the things about isolating is we lose touch with lostness. We start to suspect lostness and fear lostness and you know, the modern terminology is xenophobia is real. Right. Uh, because we start to. Th- and and here, here's what's interesting. Jesus also addressed this. He said men's hearts in the last days would grow cold. Right. Because of fear. And I'm going to tell you, the worst fear is the fear of man. Yeah. What man can do to you. Listen, if God's put a burden on your heart for orphans, don't deny his sovereign right in your life. that he's leading you into that ministry. Wow. And even whatever it is to pray for them, to give mm-hmm. to them to support them, to take them in as a foster parent, to support people who do. And and as you see those things happening, you begin to realize I'm aligning my life with Jesus, not a cultural movement within the SBC or some other group. And and I think I think this is the same snare the Pharisees fell into. And we have to always conservative people, mm-hmm. Bible believing people have to always guard our hearts. And I'm going to tell you, children, especially the most vulnerable and, and women, I was in a pastoral situation recently in the last 48 hours of someone who had been beaten mm-hmm. and, and the husband was sick, got problems, but, but pastors are on the front line of that kind of stuff. Right. But our yes. people can be too. Yes. And, and, and they actually do a better job of loving people and bringing real comfort and aid than even sometimes pastors can. Yeah. You know, I, I have said in, in churches many times that one of the things that we know for certain, like I can tell you with almost a hundred percent certainty is that 
one thing a church is never going to have to worry about is a group of orphan and vulnerable children showing up on the doorstep and demanding their right. 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 Yeah. Like, not yet anyway. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, they're, you know, no, that's true. They're, they're, they're voiceless. They're, right. you know, they are out of sight, out of mind. And, and that is, and when the body of Christ functions the way that, that, you know, Jesus has called us to function right. in being hands and feet and arms and, you know, eyes and, 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 fulfilling those roles of being out in the community among people taking the gospel you know we're not a we're not a building we're not an organization we're we're a people that's right and uh and i and i think that's you know that's so beautifully stated by the way if if um you know if if this pastoring thing ever is you know something you move on from you you can always come be a, a spokesman at lifeline well, i appreciate you, that thank you, you uh you you totally um you know you you totally uh, presented the way that we mm. you know we think about the church we tell our team all the time our role is to serve as a bridesmaid to the bride of Amen. Christ. Amen. We're, we're supposed to be here um, to help local churches and those local expressions of the body of Christ Amen. serve well. And and we want to equip and enable for things that churches aren't able, easily That's able good. to do for themselves. But we don't want to get in the way right. of doing those things that churches can do. That's right. Um, because that's really ultimately when, um, when, when Christ gets the most glory, when his people you know, in the community. Well, I would say as a pastor, yeah. my encouragement to my brother pastors is listen to your people, talk to them about the ones who are fostering. Uh, years ago in our church, uh, a group formed. I didn't even know they formed until somebody said, well, you can't have this room because the adoption group's in there. And I go, what? What? We have an adoption group? And I got in there and realized it was a group of people who had struggled with infertility or other issues. And some had already raised their children, but they had such a burden for the vulnerable. Mm -hmm that they started adopting kids like crazy. That's awesome. And it, it blew my mind. But today I'm watching those same children have children. Yep. Those same children graduate from college, those same children uh, adopt and help others and from other nations and other countries around the world. And it has been nothing but a blessing. So pastor fan that flame among your people. Yeah. And life lifeline is a great resource to help you do that. Wow. Well, Ed, I, a really granular question. Mm -hmm. um, so knowing that you're, that you're a pastor who has a church that champions adoption, that champions foster care, that champions ways of, of getting engaged here and around the world in the lives of, of orphan and vulnerable children. If, if you were sitting down right now next to somebody in your church who's walking through this journey, and what would you say to encourage them? Well, first of all, I, I have a personal experience. My wife, Tammy, was adopted. Mm. And, and we've learned about the story of that adoption through Ancestry DNA. Yeah. Tammy was killed in a car accident about 15 years mm -hmm. ago. And so, so many mysteries in our lives were around that. I, I would say this, adoption is, uh, uh, is like a window into the soul in a sense that we get to see something that normally is hidden from us, the mm -hmm. birth and production of a life uh, of, a, of, a, of a intelligence. And, and, and so when you think about that child being conceived and born, you get to see it just differently in yeah. adoption or fostering. Yeah. And you get to see how valuable and precious. It's a daily reminder of the Imago Dei that th that person was made in the image of God. Mm. And, and so in a world that quickly labels and a world that quickly discards, we have got to be different. I, I was telling my church the other day in, in history, uh, and I love history, 
but in the Roman world, there there was no compassion That's for right. the vulnerable. That's right. Until Christians became a, a reality in Rome, and what they would do at night is people, if they would discard their children, they would just mm-hmm. leave them out to be preyed upon, or stolen, mm-hmm. or sent to the sex industry, or eaten by animals. And they Christians would literally walk the streets at night looking or hearing the cries of children. Yeah. And and so we became known for that. Yeah. Which propels the gospel. That's right. Uh, I was reading an interesting article the other day about from a, a member of parliament, an MP who was an atheist. He said, but I want to tell you, when I go out in the streets of London at night, it's only the Salvation Army and Christians that are loving and caring for the least of these yep. because it's not in our hearts. Yep. And he goes, there's something about religion, that's his term, yep. that that makes people want to compel right. to do that. And again, Jesus always, as we well know, he was drawn to children. And, and and the establishment pushed them away, but he always rebuked them mm-hmm. and defended children mm-hmm. and other vulnerable people. So uh, let me say this. We don't do enough yep. at Redemption. We want to do more. We're glad for what we do, but we but we also know that any ministry like this, is, if the need is there and it is there, uh, especially in a culture that is buying into so many lies, we know not just today are those needs there, but those needs are going to be multiplied in the future. Right. That the church has an unprecedented gospel opportunity to love the least of these and to transform lives with the gospel. The love of Jesus Christ will transform people's lives. And, and, uh, and this is the most visible way we can express that love. And I, have, I have a pastor friend who's a little bit older than me. And a, and a woman in his church recently had migrated uh, from a, an African country into his church. She had two children. She died. Mm. He and his wife have not just fostered, they are adopting wow. both of those children. Wow. And and I look at him and go, bro, you got grandkids, you know? <laughs> and he told me, he said, man, it's not the same the second time around. And I go, I can understand. But Joe, Joe Johnson is just an amazing mm. example of that. And someone else I'd love for you to meet in Mobile yeah. at Mount Hebron Church, man. Mount Hebron Baptist Church. Well, and and that's, you know, yeah, that's, that's part of the... That's part of the design that God has has created in all this is when when every church does something, when everyone in a church does something. And, you know, and I I hope what I'm about to say isn't a proof text. I've I want to I want to honor the scriptures well. But, you know, one of the things that I, um, you know, James 127, the you know, sort of the the banner, you know, the banner verse for those of us that are engaged in, in ministry to, to orphan and vulnerable children. One of the things I, I, I realized years ago is um, nobody questions the call to personal holiness in that verse. James says, right. you know, the whole keep oneself unstained from the world portion. Mm-hmm. Nobody looks at that and says, well, who's that for? Right. You know, am I called to that? Do I, am I, you know, am I too old? Am I too young? No, we don't question that. We look at it and we say, well, of course, you know, I have, I have a responsibility to, to, to try to press in and, and to, you know, to be like Jesus. And, and, and we rely on, you know, the transformation that, that the gospel brings. We rely on the, on the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. Uh, and, and, but why is it that we look at the first half of the verse and see it as optional or only for a few people or, you know, the, the, the widows and orphans part. And, and I, I really do believe that there's something qualitative that the world learns when when it sees God's people 
involved in in those two ministries in particular and 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 but it but it's going to take all of us not just 